Kings, you're listening to Technically a Conversation, a podcast where we share an interesting topic or story with each other and hope you find it interesting as well. I'm one half of your host, Jose, and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Isela. How are you doing today? Doing pretty good. How are you doing? Chilling like a villain, as they <laughs> say in the mean streets of Sunland Park. Do they still say that? <laughs> I'm, I don't know, but either way, I'm representing the 575, yo. Oh, is it 575 or is it 504? No, they changed it. 505 is uh, Albuquerque now. And then I think the rest of New Mexico is 575. See, now we all know. And although my number is technically a 915 and not 575, <laughs> my body is with 575. Right. But my heart is with 915. Always. But also with 575. Yeah. We should add up all the numbers and then you're like... My heart is really with, <laughs> just kidding, <laughs> just confuse the shit out of everybody. <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to say is that I call both places home. Yeah, that makes sense. So before we get started, I wanted to remind everyone about our contest. If you want to be super cool and help us climb from the treaches of the bitter cold podcast abyss and like a phoenix rise from the ashes of the lifeless husk that is obscurity. Just leave us a review. <laughs> what is it that you should do again, Isela? Leave us a review. Send us your screenshot. That's right. Once you do that, send us a screenshot to one of our socials. We're at Greetings TAC everywhere. Once we get 25 reviews, we'll do a drawing and give the winner a sexy, technically a conversation t-shirt. Super sexy. The sexiest. Check out technicallyaconversation.com for the 411 or... Just check the show notes. Also, we recently passed 900 listens of our podcast, and we are well on our way to 1,000 listens. <laughs> so thanks to everyone that's been spreading the word and getting our name out there. Shout outs to super friends Elena and Ana Laura for being super homies and sharing our posts and their stories. If you share our posts and reels, please tag us, let us know, and we'll shout you out. You're helping us spread the word, so we want to shout you out on our show. I also had a super friend reach out, and she also shared on our media, on Facebook specifically. So she shared one of our, our fun little videos that we do. So thank you very much, Elba. I appreciate it. Elba, thank you so much for helping us out, and you get a special shout out today. Woohoo! <laughs> so with all that out of the way, ready to get started? <sighs> Hold on. Hold on, let me put my seatbelt on. <laughs> yes, I am. Great. Let's get started. And it's a good thing that you decided to put on your seatbelt. Uh-oh. Because before I start with my barrage of nonsensical questions, I want to preface this by saying that you're more than welcome to skip answering any of these questions. Oh, jeez. And I'll just go ahead and edit them out since the subject matter might be a bit sensitive. Okay. I'll do my best. You're also welcome to give me nonsensical answers back. This part of the show will be like a choose-your-own-adventure book for you. That sounds fun. Okay. So, Isela, have you ever been old before? Yes. Right now. And then right now. And then right now. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I feel like you're literally aging in reverse. No. You look younger now than when we met at that gothic nightclub so many years ago. <laughs> no. That's so funny. So, have you ever done anything crazy to feel younger? Anything crazy? <sighs> no. I've never really done anything crazy. Probably the craziest thing that I would do 
was pluck a few of my most prominent white hairs out when they first started appearing when I was in my late 30s. Yeah. Especially because my grays are not gray. They come out white. They look like fiber optic strands. <laughs> They're glowing. <laughs> they are literally. So since my hair and my beard are so dark, they stand out like the last rose of summer on the coldest winter day. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I have considered micro-needling, though, to stay youthful. So that could be like a possible crazy thing. What's micro-needling? I'm not entirely sure other than like, it's almost like a little handle with a roller on it. And at the end of the roller, it's got tiny little micro-needles. Of course, this is all, you know, sterilized and everything. But they'll... They'll just do that where you have wrinkles or wherever you want to promote collagen growth because that's really what it does, promote circulation and new collagen growth. Mm, okay. Is that the craziest thing that you would do to maintain your youth? Yeah. You would never consider getting any crazy surgeries or anything like that? No, no. I, I say that right now maybe because I'm not super heavily wrinkled, but maybe, <laughs> maybe later I'm like, hey, <laughs> can you hook me up with Joan Rivers' uh, <laughs> Surgeon. <laughs> when you start looking like Chavela Vargas. <laughs> <laughs> Would you ever consider bathing in the blood of children? <laughs> <laughs> no. I've heard about those weird blood facials, though. Okay, so this episode is the redheaded stepchild sequel to our Coconut Water podcast. Oh. Go back and check it out, Super Friends, if you haven't already. Don't let the name fool you. We know that Coconut Water sounds really lame, but the <laughs> podcast is not. Yes. Cool. So while we only touched on Elizabeth Bathory in that show, we are devoting an entire episode to this queen today. Ooh. Queen of depravity and unspeakable horrors. Okay, I'll give you that, but queen nonetheless. So what do you know about Elizabeth Bathory, if anything? I don't know anything about this, so this will be all kinds of education. <laughs> Great. So let's go ahead and start by diving in, as you like to say. Make sure you got your bathing suit on. I got my swimming trunks on. That's right. And the following is from a biography article simply titled Elizabeth Bathory by Sarah Kettler. And I like that biography doesn't fuck around with link baity titles. Countess Elizabeth Bathory was born in Nirbator, Hungary, on August 7th, 1560. Shout out to all the Leos listening to the show. <laughs> she was considered a beautiful and well-educated noblewoman. Her uncle was Stephen Bathory, who was the king of Poland from 1576 to 1588. Her cousin, Gabor Bathory, was Prince of Transylvania from 1608 to 1613. So Elizabeth had some street cred. Yeah. At the age of 11, Elizabeth became engaged to Count Ferenc Natasdi, and they were married in 1575 when Elizabeth was only 15 years old. <gasps> Dios mío, that's young. That is very young. But she was engaged for 11 years, so they had uh, four years of courtship. <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> now, there are some accounts that Bathory gave birth to an illegitimate child fathered by another man before her marriage. Mm. But it's kind of hard to fact check information from the 1500s. If it was indeed an illegitimate child, there would be no official record of this as they would want to sweep it under the rug. We do know that the couple's first child was born 10 years after her marriage 
when she was 25. Bathory gave birth to five children in total, two died as infants, two daughters and a son survived. Her husband was a soldier, so he and Bathory spent most of their marriage apart. It is believed that Natus Day might have taught Bathory the fine art of torture. The biography article cited a book called Female Serial Killers, How and Why Women Become Monsters by Peter Vronsky. That was the source of this claim, but I wasn't able to cross-reference his sources. The page biography used to cite that claim had no citations. And after Nadas Day died in 1604, Bathory took control of their estate. So, so far, so good. Nothing sounds too out of the ordinary for a noble woman from her time. Did anything strike you as being particularly crazy so far? No. Thankfully, everything seems on the up and up. How did we go from being a well-respected, educated woman to earning a Guinness World Record for being the most prolific female murderer? Getting the nickname of the Blood Countess, allegedly murdering over 600 people. Oh, my God. And being a source of inspiration for Bram Stoker's Dracula. Wow. I'm excited about hearing this. <laughs> <laughs> also, was she guilty of all the crimes she allegedly committed? Uh, okay. So I think there's a trend that happens where like, it's almost like groupthink, where a group of people start to say certain things and then they're like, yeah, yeah, that's right. And I think with that type of trend or just human behavior, really, you tend to see where maybe other people start jumping on the train and maybe start accusing people of things that maybe they didn't do. But now because they believe that they did all these other things, it's way more believable. Does that make sense? That makes sense. We'll be jumping on that death train right <laughs> after this quick commercial break. <laughs> Financial freedom is our goal for every client at Wayne Financial. Whether you're in the market for wealth management, retirement services, or estate planning, Wayne Financial offers a service that's right for you. Our advisors will conduct a thorough analysis of your finances, assess your risk tolerance, and come up with an investment strategy that fits your goals. Are you saving enough for your retirement? Speak with a Wayne Financial Retirement Specialist to ensure you'll be able to continue living your current lifestyle during your golden years, and you're taking advantage of all current tax breaks to ensure your money is working for you. No one likes thinking about death, but what will happen to your family when you're no longer there to provide for them? Our estate planners will help you to prepare for the unexpected and make sure your final expenses and loved ones are cared for. Stop by a Wayne Financial branch for an appointment and take the first step to realize your goals. How was your break, Isela? It was so lovely. Just relaxing, thinking about this lady. <laughs> Did you inspire Bram Stoker to write any books about you during your break? Thankfully not. I was a good girl. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little disappointed that your dancing was a little bit more reserved today. I shouldn't have called you out on that, huh? You know what I was doing was I was kind of doing, again, the little the little wavy, but not the wavy guy this time. I was doing wavy hands, right? Like the little, that was like an 80s move. I don't know what it was called. Do you remember what it was called? The worm? No, I think the worm is like when you lay down. Wasn't that what you were doing? No, I was doing this with, the, I wasn't laying down. I was like, <laughs> these people, our poor listeners, I'm like, what the? 
hell is happening? So when we last left our super friends, we were sharing a brief history of what's known about Elizabeth Bathory. But I know what you all came for. You came for the tea. So let's spill it. Or in Bathory's case, let's spill the blood, girl. Oh, that's exactly what I was saying. I was like, the bloodshed. <laughs> yes. I'm just kidding. So pretty much everything that we're going to discuss next is alleged. These are all things that Bathory allegedly did. So take everything with a healthy dose of Morton salt. And when I explain everything at the end, this will all make sense. So most of her alleged assaults and murders took place when Bathory was widowed in 1604. In case you were wondering, Bathory did not kill her husband. Narazdi or Narazdi, I'm not sure on the exact pronunciation. He was a soldier, but the strange thing was that he wasn't killed by another soldier. He died of a mysterious and sudden illness while in the middle of a battle. He had been having trouble with pain in his legs for at least two years before his death, so this might be a clue, but the exact cause of death is unknown. Going back to the biography article, I'm going to quote this because I loved how eloquently biography wrote this. Bathory was accused of a haunting litany of crimes against both female servants and minor noblewomen who'd come to her for training and education. So I love how they described it as a haunting litany of crimes. That's a a good word. That's a gripping word. I thought it sounded super metal. Yeah. (laughs) So do you want to hear what some of these alleged haunting litany of crimes were? Oh, I do. I want to hear. What was she accused of? So during the winter months, young women would allegedly be stripped naked and forced into deadly ice baths. Now we know that actually ice baths are good for you. Maybe she was really trying to do something good for them. <laughs> no, I, I don't think um, that's what she was going for. Darn. Okay. And I'll admit, it's not the funnest way to die, but it doesn't sound so bad, right? I would hope that you like pass out. So yeah, you're right. So it escalates quickly from here. Oh, snap. It is said that Bathory sometimes tortured girls by driving needles into their fingers, <gasps> cutting off their noses or lips, or whipping them with a stinging nettle. Do you know what a stinging nettle is? A stinging N-E-T-A-L? N-E-T-T-L-E. Nettle? No, what is that? Okay, I had to Google it too. I had no idea what that was. What the heck is that? So apparently it's a flowering plant often used to treat arthritis, back pain, and diabetes. Mainly it decreases swelling and increases urination. And some people it could cause hives or rashes, And honestly, I thought it was going to be worse than that because stinging nettle sounds like some type of medieval torture device. Yeah. But that doesn't sound too bad. But let's continue, shall we? (laughs) Yes, let's show. (laughs) She was also accused of biting the shoulders and breasts of her victims, as well as burning the flesh, including the genitals. What? Oh my gosh. This sounds, this bitch sounds crazy. First, you're going to rip off my nose and then cut off my lips. And then you're going to bite my shoulders like it's cool. We're about to copulate. No, lady, get off me. That's great. She'll gently bite your shoulder and and breast. You like that, huh? No, I don't. Or more like, no. Here in Sundown Park, we call that foreplay. Oh, my God. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I got to stay out of the Sunland Park. <laughs> so now we're starting to get into the bad stuff, but I saved the best for last. Sweet Jesus. All right. Some of Bathory's victims were allegedly covered with honey 
and left outside for insects to devour. So that sounds straight out of the Cannibal Corpse classic, Devoured by Vermin. Oh my gosh, this this lady sounds very twisted, if in fact this is what she did. Okay, first of all, can I just even say, being covered in honey would be... Sexy, right? Negative. <laughs> to be all sticky and... To, oh, oh, that's that's already making me like, oh no, that would be so gross. I can't stand being sticky. Now imagine being covered by insects. <sighs> That's crazy. Wow, that what that lady sounds really mean. Someone hurt her. <laughs> <laughs> now are you familiar with what Elizabeth Bathory is best known for? Do you remember when we talked about her during our coconut water podcast? Do you remember what she was known for? Oh, that's really deep in the archives. Like I'm talking super deep. <laughs> um Nah, that was episode three, if I remember correctly. Feels like six years ago now. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Shoot. Um, I don't, I don't remember. So the crime that Elizabeth Bathory is best known for is bathing in the blood of virgins in an attempt to recapture her youth. Now, apparently this crime isn't backed up by any witness accounts. The first mentions of the now famous Bathory bloodbaths came 100 years after her death and appeared to have been fabricated. There is no evidence of this at all. But at the same time, if it started to take shape, this legend, 100 years after she died, these people should have been able to put that together. 100 years later, like, come on. So let's go back to the facts as far as what's known. So on December 29th, 1610, Count Giorgi Thurso, who <laughs> oversaw judicial matters in Hungary arrived at Bathory's castle to investigate Bathory's crimes against women of noble birth. The authorities were not interested in crimes or mistreatments of servants. Reportedly, Thurzo's arrival surprised Bathory as she was in the middle of torturing one of her victims when he arrived. And supposedly, this was the action that caused Thurzo to immediately imprison Bathory in her castle. Since she was a noble, she wouldn't have gone to jail like a commoner. She also did not go to trial. All we know is that she was isolated in her castle, perhaps even walled up in a part of the castle. And since she wasn't convicted of a crime, her estate was not seized and was instead passed down to family members. She remained in her castle until August 21st, 1614, when her body was discovered. She was 54 years old. So she basically got a slap on the wrist just because she was of nobility. We're going to go through a little bit of that here because I want to explain to you the investigation. Okay. So four of Bathory's servants were also arrested, questioned, and tortured. The servants denied any wrongdoing, but did admit to burying multiple victims. Mm. The number of victims they gave varied, but it was between 36 and 51 people, according to their accounts. Three of the servants were sentenced to death and were killed immediately. The fourth servant was spared immediate execution, and it's unknown what became of her. They got immediately executed because they talked, like they snitched. Snitches get ditches, or snitches wind up in ditches. <laughs> well, I guess for being accomplices to the crime. Plus, also, they were servants, and servants were not really viewed as people. Because, again, uh, Giorgio Thurso was only there to investigate the people of nobility. Like, he didn't care what happened to people that were not noble. Well, but they got axed. You know what I mean? Like, they actually got a punishment versus this 
battery chick. There was also a fifth woman that was implicated. She allegedly used magic to help Bathory and was also quickly executed. Now the rest from here gets super murky. Thurso continued investigating and collecting evidence and he got 289 witness statements. Of those statements, 250 of them were only hearsay or provided no information at all. According to one of those witnesses, Bathory supposedly listed 650 victims that she kept a record of. The official that supposedly saw these records never testified. Other witness testimonials list different numbers, so the exact number of actual victims is unknown. The servants that confessed to the crimes were tortured, so that also makes their confessions unreliable. So, was Bathory innocent of all the crimes that she was accused of? She probably wasn't completely innocent. A priest wrote a letter in 1602 that talked about how cruel Bathory and her husband were towards their servants. Now again, this was not illegal at the time, so this wouldn't have been investigated at all. Wow. And again, the only reason Bathory was punished was because some of her victims were noble women. That's what led to an investigation. So, wow, that's crazy because basically it's like she chose to put her hands on the wrong person and se fregó. Like that was it. Bad news bears for her. Bad news bears indeed. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Such easy. So, <laughs> so she could have kept really like her uh, torture and all that stuff that she was doing. She could have kept on just doing it had she not chosen to target the wrong people. Even if we're going to say maybe not 650 people, like she estimated or whatever. But what if, let's say we go lowball and we say she only tortured 400 people. Like that, it, that's a lot. That's a lot of people. Like it makes Ed Gein look like child's play. Like the doll from child's play. Like Chucky, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go, Chucky. I would say it's probably closer to between the 36 and 51 number, just because the servants admitted to that. But again, just the fact that they were tortured. I mean, it's already known that whenever you torture somebody, I mean, they'll tell you anything you want to hear just to stop being tortured. So it really is unknown. Oh, man, that's so interesting. So now I have like a whole new... Respect. Uh, oh no! Sorry, yes, no, not really. <laughs> so, I in my head, there's like this ongoing question of like, what? Let's say five things would you want to know as far as like unsolved mysteries? What would you want to know? Like where Jimmy Hoffa's body is? Who really assassinated? You know, whoever your person of choice, whatever. Like those types of things. That's that's actually going to be up there now. For me. Elizabeth Bathory? Yeah. How many people does she really kill? It's a good question. I, I was hoping that I could find something more definitive, but a lot of stuff was incited. So it's really hard to find accurate information. Still, her life is really interesting. And it's tragic even at the beginning before she even went nutso or whatever. So, you know, just losing two of her children, that's that's pretty awful. You know, I mean, I know a lot of kids didn't really survive that day, but still, that's, you know, I can see where she just had some tragedy in her life. There could have been a possible third child, the child that she was forced to give up because it was out of wedlock. Wow. That's very insane. Pretty dark topic, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But it's a fun <laughs> topic. I love, I mean, I love serial killer type stuff and you know me already. I've never really had that obsession about serial killers. Yep. I think Elizabeth Bathory was the closest to that for me just because her legend superseded the person for me. 
you know, what she allegedly did was atrocious, if true. But I think if it was true, even if it's not true, just the legend itself makes her a larger than life figure. Yeah, yeah. I could see why you would want to, even from like that non-interest of, you know, the serial killing mind type of thing. Yeah, I mean, she sounds like an interesting character as it is. So before we end the show, we got a little bit of feedback from Erica on Instagram about our episode on La Llorona. Shout out, Erica. Thank you, Erica. So this is regarding the Robachicos. Apparently, my mom wasn't the only one that would tell me that. She stated, love the podcast. Okay, so when I was a kid, my mom never used La Llorona as a trick for me to come home on time. She always said that there were bad people out there looking to snatch kids and that I didn't want to end up being kidnapped. So thank you for the comment, Erica. <laughs> it's a little comforting to know that my mom wasn't the only one that used fear to keep me from stepping out of line. These fear tactics, man. <laughs> I feel a little bit more normal now. And in a way, I kind of feel kind of bad for you, Isela, that your mom didn't threaten you with robachicos as a child. <laughs> I feel a little left out for you. I feel perfectly fine being the black sheep on that one. <laughs> I also fact-checked us when we were discussing the song, Subete Mi Moto. Oh, yeah. You were indeed correct. Ooh. It was a song from Menudo. So you get the bell. What? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I said it was Timbiriche. I was wrong. I get the buzzer. Oh, my gosh. This could possibly be your first buzzer. <laughs> Maybe on the show, but we won't go into the other details. <laughs> right, right. Who needs to know that? Who needs to know that? <laughs> erase, erase. <laughs> so since you said buzzer, we hope that you enjoyed the show and you join us again next week. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a review, tell a friend, and subscribe wherever fine podcasts are sold. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at GreetingsTAC. Email us at GreetingsTAC at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 915-317-6669. If you have a story to share with us. Everybody's got one. I got two. <laughs>